White Cloud shoots. Not down. A rebound. Score! Chandler Stevenson. Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that sequence. Nobody is ever satisfied with one. So we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael shuffling down to the goal line. Carlson dancing out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcheseau. What a goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. New York Rangers on the strip to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Looking forward to this matchup. Jonathan Quick's return to T-Mobile Arena. Last time he was in this building, he was celebrating on the ice. He was celebrating a Stanley Cup championship with the VGK. Uh, sounds like we're going to get Igor Shesterkin tonight uh, for the Rangers. Uh, Quick will play tomorrow night as they have a back-to-back and they're facing the LA Kings, his longtime team. So uh, I anticipate that if it was left up to him, mm-hmm. uh, he probably would want to play the LA Kings the way things ended uh, there. So we'll uh, we'll see uh, Igor Shosturkin against Logan Thompson. The two goaltenders uh, will square off. Uh, Vegas expected to go with the same six defensemen, which means Caden Korzak in the lineup. Really high praise lately from Bruce Cassidy for Alec Martinez. And Alex Petrangelo, we'll get into that in just a little bit. And then up front, uh, there's a couple of tweaks uh, that uh, we're uh, wondering about uh, due to the fact that uh, Sheldon Rempel was uh, just recalled from Henderson uh, this afternoon. So we don't know whether he's actually going to be in tonight or if he's been recalled as a precautionary situation. Uh, we're, uh, we'll keep following uh, what's going to happen with that uh, that third and fourth line with the Vegas Golden Knights as Vegas tries to consider uh, back-to-back wins for the first time in a month. Uh, put that little stat to bed that uh, we've been talking about, uh, making some progress in their overall game. And uh, with the New York Rangers in town, uh, a lot of eyes on this game, but an opportunity, too, to measure up to what has uh, been a really good first year under Pierre Laviolette. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers have been really solid uh, you know, for the most part all season long. They've had a little bit of a dip uh, the last two weeks or so just in terms of kind of where they, they started the year. But, you know, the Rangers are a deep hockey team. They're good on the power play, and they've got great goaltending. Now, to be fair, Jonathan Quick's been phenomenal. Igor Shosturkin, it's kind of been uh, one of those seasons that maybe isn't up to his standards, but still very good. Uh, you expect that Shosturkin will get better at, at some point. So for the Golden Knights, again, it's going to be imperative that they do the right things in their own zone to give themselves a chance to, to win this game. Well, Shosturkin wasn't great early, and Jonathan Quick stepped in and was lights out. Uh, Quick's pace has fallen off lately, but Shosturkin looks like he's rounding into form they've kind of middling along uh lately they're a interesting team they should be better five on five than they are Mm -hmm. and they're middle of pack or lower when it comes to scoring five on five but their special teams uh got them through a large chunk of the first half of the season Uh, they've gone a little quiet lately which has been reflected in the record of this team, but they are back to, to pretty much full health, which is uh, a good sign. Uh, wouldn't Vegas love to to be dealing with uh, with a lineup uh, issue and trying to determine who's in instead of just uh, putting in the, the healthy body right now? So uh, I'm interested to see 
the Rangers uh, against Vegas, which is the team that we get to see more often than uh, anybody else, uh, just as a a uh, measuring stick uh, as they'll play this home-and-home home set, uh, finish it off next weekend uh, against the uh, New York Rangers at MSG. So quick uh, quick home-and-home. Home. But uh, the Rangers, uh, they, they're they like Toronto. They're like Carolina. Uh, they're like Florida and Tampa. There's six teams in the Eastern Conference, which is a load of teams, that the emphasis isn't necessarily on the regular season as much as they will be judged on the playoffs Mm -hmm. and that's a difficult position to be in uh but it also uh, is a sign that you've reached a a certain level within your organization now vegas is the same way but they're coming off a a stanley cup win Uh, i think that there's is there less pressure if you've already won and you 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 just want to win again as opposed to need to win, uh, that's that's where some of these teams are in the Eastern Conference, and the Rangers are right in the middle of, of that pack uh, in in both the Atlantic and Metropolitan Divisions. Yeah, I think there's certainly more pressure to win inside of a window when you haven't done it yet, and I think that's probably where the New York Rangers are right now because, again, they've got the goaltending, they've got the defense, they've, they've got the forward core, like they've got all the pieces to be a team that can legitimately challenge for a Stanley Cup. Uh, it just it, it hasn't all kind of come together at the right time yet for them in the postseason. So um, I would make the argument all day long that that if you're looking at you know the regular season setting that aside and being judged on what you do in the playoffs, there's more pressure on the Rangers to perform than the Golden Knights because the Golden Knights did perform last year. They did get to the top of the mountains. Not to say that they don't want to do it again, but they've done it in terms of this window, and and that takes some of that pressure off. Boston, Florida, Rangers, Carolina, Mm -hmm. Toronto, Tampa Bay, they're they're about the Stanley Cup uh, trophy itself. They're not just trying to squeak in. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh and Washington still want to run at it. Sure. But they're very aware that it's a dogfight just to get in. Philadelphia would be an overwhelming success story mm-hmm. if they just get in uh, to the to the postseason. Uh, same with the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. So of, of, the, of the eight teams that are in a playoff position right now in the Eastern Conference, six are all about winning. Win or nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not there's no little uh moral victories by, by just simply going deep. In in the Western Conference it's, it's a little bit different. Winnipeg is not a win at all cost. Uh Winnipeg wants to get in and would like to go deeper. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the expectations are to win outright. The Vancouver Canucks would love to go deep. But this is already a success story providing that they get in mm-hmm. they, they your expectations do evolve over the course of a season when you've got something special going on like winnipeg and vancouver but at the start of the year they were not let's go win the silver chalice above anything else uh colorado dallas vegas la it was it was let's win this thing mm-hmm. edmonton let's win this thing that like that there's fewer teams in the west but I think I think the um, the stronger conference mm-hmm. is the West, if if that makes any sense. Well, Seattle, Calgary, Arizona, you're, you're, those teams are just trying to get into the dance. Well, I think it it kind of speaks to sliding expectations, right? Like 
just because at the beginning of the year, the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets, you know, were looking to be playoff teams, but, you know, not necessarily looked at as the top of their their individual conferences or individual uh, divisions. I, I, I don't think that at this point, you can kind of divorce them from the expectation of winning a Stanley Cup. Oh, I think you can. I, I think those those I, fan bases are not sitting there right now. Going, I'm not talking. We're not going. Talking, I'm not talking about all fan about bases. I'm talking the about Cup. the players in the room. I'm talking about the guys that are are in the middle of something that feels special. I think that when when you go into that room in Vancouver in Winnipeg, there should be belief right now that you're a contender. Well, then Pittsburgh and Washington, the same thing. If we're, if we're going to talk players. That's a totally different conversation than expectations around the organization. That every player should be hell bent on winning the darn thing. Well, you don't think that that's the expectation of the organizations, Winnipeg and Vancouver? Not at the start of the year. No, no, not no, no, a no not, not at the start of the year. I'm talking about right now. No, I don't. Like, I, I don't. I don't think that they are are willing to say it's Stanley Cup or bust. No. Not, not in Winnipeg, not in Vancouver. It's they they would love to make strides towards that, but they're they're just simply ahead of schedule right now in those two teams uh, in Philadelphia too, uh, in Detroit as well. Now, Detroit and Philly are coming from different areas, but Vancouver didn't even make the playoffs last year. They're not all about the Stanley Cup right now. Winnipeg is having a marvelously wonderful rebound season from where they were leaving the T-Mobile Arena last year after being ousted in the first round. But they're still not, like, we're all in here. We're putting our chips in the middle like most other teams. Well, I'm just, my. I guess my point here is that when you look at the, the Vancouver Canucks, there's question marks when it comes to Elias Pettersson. Like, there's legitimate concern as to whether or not they're going to be able to come to some type of contract extension with him. So you might have this potential of having this playoff run with Pedersen, and it might be your only one. That should nudge you in that direction. And then on the case of the Winnipeg Jets, like you know, we've seen how fickle things can be. We know that the contract extensions for Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck go a long time. you got to strike while the iron's hot. Like I think that over the course of what they've been able to do this this far into the season, you should change those expectations to just getting in and going on a long run. Well, I could see it Vancouver pushing chips into the middle more mm-hmm. than I can Winnipeg in knowing the people that run those organizations. One is extremely patient mm-hmm. in uh, my, ba- my pal Kevin Sheveldayoff, and one is very aggressive. And I know uh, Elvin's the general manager, but Jimmy Rutherford is uh, the president of hockey operations, and nobody wheels and deals more than uh, Trader Jim. Yeah. So uh, I could see that uh, being I, – I don't know whether – I don't think the Patterson situation uh, has a bearing on whether or not they are more aggressive – at this trade deadline because they, they're coming from so far back with the salary cap constraints that that organization has fought through mm-hmm. and and trying to be on more of a level playing field with the, the other uh, top teams in the Pacific Division. I think there's, there's a bigger tone of patience within Vancouver's boardroom than you might lead to believe just because they're on top of the regular season standings. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, I just I, I look at it as you have an opportunity to finish first in your division. You have an opportunity to have home ice advantage to the playoffs. Uh, at some point, you've got to have that belief that, you know, the Stanley Cup is within your within your reach. And if not now, when? I'm not the saying they won't, they won't add. I'm just they're not going to make any bold decisions like a lot of these other clubs will. Or Vancouver will not be judged if they lose in the second round will not be looked at as coming up short. Mm-hmm. That is a guarantee. From where they were last year, Winnipeg, same thing. Winnipeg loses in the second round. Wasn't that a marvelous ride? Winnipeg loses in the second round is much different than if Toronto loses in the second round or if the Boston Bruins lose in the second round or the Vegas Golden Knights lose in the second round. There's a different level of pressure and expectations on – Probably, what, uh, 13 cities uh, in the National Hockey League compared to others. Is Toronto a legitimate contender right now? The way they're playing right now, no. But at at the start of the season, expectations were for that team to win the Stanley Cup. Which is why I feel like a sliding scale has to be enacted here. No, I I think the pressure just ramps up on Toronto. Yeah, I don't view them as a contender. Toronto, Tampa, uh, you you get in in the East, you can can do some damage. you got to get in. But... If, if Toronto just gets in and loses in the second round, it's a failure in, well, in, I, in, in, in that market. Yeah, the, 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 way, the way that, uh, that the same way that Boston or the New York Rangers, they lose. Carolina doesn't go again deep. Carolina's facing it as much as any of these other clubs where you got to get to at least uh, a championship series or win it. It's, as, I, I can't believe how top-heavy the league is right now well, with teams where it's win or nothing. I've well, never seen this many teams in in that position. Well, it, it, it's because of the come up, right? Like you look at the Carolina Hurricanes for years, it has been about what they've been building and, you know, their time will come and it hasn't happened for them. They haven't been able to get over uh, that, that hump. Like Colorado got over the hump. Vegas got over the hump. Tampa Bay got over the hump and then they did it again. But mm. you know, some of those other teams that, that you're referencing in Toronto and Carolina, like, they felt like their window was open. They felt like their window was three, four, five years, and they're in a position right now where their their window could be running out, and they've got nothing to show for it. Yeah, whereas Vancouver, Detroit, Philadelphia, uh, Nashville, that window's just kind of breaking open. Nashville's a, a different story. It's well, a, it's a but, but it also underscores term. the importance of you don't know when your window opens, so you better take every advantage you can no. when it does. No, no. Players, yes, but management is judged differently because you have to have an eye on the future Mm -hmm. and know when to push those chips in. And I wouldn't say that Barry Trotz is in the position where he has to take advantage of it right now because because of the building that this or that organization specifically the predators new coach new manager new voice new outlook new mm-hmm. uh, strategy uh i think that they're they're different than the rangers yeah Carolina. i i wouldn't view the the predators in that same category but washington uh and and pittsburgh i i don't know what they are they they all want to be competitive again well, but I, but are they are they judged like washington uh is a first year head coach they they are changing some things around, obviously, with uh, Ovechkin's uh, production. Pittsburgh, clean house up top. Are where They, they, they want to win. They want to be competitive. But 
are they? They're a team that has to get in. Uh, with with Pittsburgh and Washington missing the playoffs last year, is it fair to say they're win the cup or nothing? I think they might be in the middle ground like a, dare I say, Philly, where if those groups could win a couple of rounds, mm-hmm. it might reinvigorate uh, the group. And next year you have higher expectations, but I don't think they're in a cup win or bust. Yeah, the the Penguins are interesting because again, like how many of these seasons are you counting on yeah. from Sidney Crosby, right? Like yeah. you might be you want to win. You might be in a Stanley Cup or bust situation just Carlson simply Drayton because says that right, well, right? Because simply because of the year that Crosby's having, and you hope that he could do that for two months in the postseason. But you know, I I don't know that you know one or two rounds gives you great optimism for the Penguins going into next year because all of their stars, all of the guys that have kind of pushed them and kept them relevant this year are another year older. Uh, let's get over to Bruce Cassidy and his media availability from this morning ahead of this game against the New York Rangers. Among the topics of discussion today with Bruce, uh, we were talking about uh, Patera and his availability, Yuri Patera, goaltender, uh, Michael Matteo's absence at practice, what he's seen from the New York Rangers as of late, and just analyzing uh, the Rangers. A lot about Jonathan Quick uh, later in, uh, and the questions, uh, uh, that one came from Dave Gosher, and there's a, a good uh, exchange there between uh, Bruce and Dave. But it starts with Aiden Hill being back on the ice with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, he's back with the group. We've said that um, when he's practicing with the team, he's a lot closer to playing with the team. I have not heard how today went, but he didn't come off. So that, to me, tells me it's good news that he was able to withstand whatever workload was was thrown at him today. Um, it's not going to affect tonight. I don't know when. Uh, we'll see tomorrow how he, how it, how it affects. Uh, 24 hours later, the recovery part, et cetera. That was a bit of an issue in the past. We want to make sure we get through those steps as well, but good to have him back. Uh, Patera will probably be available to skate next week or this weekend. He's getting closer to getting on the ice. Amadio, upper body. Um, practice the other day did not, you know, didn't feel 100%, so he's out tonight. Uh, we were looking at couple players from Henderson they played last night so um, we'll let you know tonight who's going in we, we will play another forward it won't be 7d just so you know not in Henderson they were in Coachella sorry they were in Coachella Henderson was in Coachella sorry my bad what have you seen well they've been uneven since their start of the year they've been a 500 team over the last X amount of games uh, I can't pinpoint every reason obviously had a great start I think it's typical of teams that had good starts that, you know, eventually it's tough to sustain that pace. Uh, when you're top of the league, teams get up for you for different reasons. One of them is when you're, they were, I think, top in the Metro. So uh, good goaltending. Their special teams have been excellent. Like Boston, I think they're both in the top five or six in the league. So you combine those things, goaltending and special teams, that they can win you a lot of games. So. Five on five is where we want to try to keep the game. I think they've been average there. Um, if we can do that, I think it improves our chances. Um, so that's kind of our focus tonight, discipline. Um, stay out of the box, take good penalties uh, if you have to take any at all, and make sure you're ready to go when they're killed. Uh, it, can, it can be dangerous and see where that leads us. They're usually a good net team, but a good, good test to see where it goes as far as 
Yeah, well, Kreider's a big guy, especially in the power play. I think he's their leading scorer, maybe, is it all time for their uh, power play goals? If not, he's close. He's a load. Uh, coming in off the wing, he's a big man as well, so you got to set your gap on him early. Uh, if you don't, you're in trouble. Um, they're, they, they're a good east-west team in zone. and uh, D zone, we're going to have to make sure our coverage is, we're, you know, we're, we're heads in a swivel, so to speak, because they make those those dot-to-dot passes, and um, I think their bottom of the line have scored some goals the other day against Seattle by going to the net, so that's probably what they want to see out of those types of players that are more direct. Uh, top 4D has been healthy most of the year. They're as good as anybody. I think Fox missed 10 games, but other than that, you know, their third pair is solid. Um, so there's not a lot of weaknesses in their team. Um, so we've got to be ready to play. Which you might see done. I'm going to see him no matter what, Gosh. Say hello to him. Whether I see him in their net or not, that's another thing. But I'm going to see Jonathan. He's a good guy. Um, he's having a great year for him. Sorry. Well, what he brought was a, a battle level in practice. He, he engaged with guys at that time of the year, playoffs. You're not practicing all the time. So I think he made it um, great on the guys when, when we were out there. I think he brought experience uh, to the locker room. Uh, he'd won two cups in L.A., so he'd been through the ups and downs. Uh, he did it in a different chair uh, as a starting goaltender, so I thought credit to him to be able to help Aiden with whatever he needed along the way uh, once the playoffs started. And before the playoffs, he helped us get in, helped us solidify first place and top in the Western. Uh, he, you know, he played well for us. Uh, shutting out Carolina, he had a lot of good games, uh, helped us win. Um, but just his overall energy level, demeanor, his professionalism, can't say enough. There's Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> Was there no heads up there? No. <laughs> Do we not normally get like a 10 or something like that? 30 seconds. Uh, from Bruce Cassidy? Ten seconds. What, what, when? What did, when you, did you tell us? What did I, you tell us? I, I told you guys there were thirty seconds left. No. Yes. No. No. We didn't I get anything do. from you. I don't I think you. Do. You didn't. You, well, you didn't then. Okay. I did. The the only thing I will say is, you may have done it. You just maybe didn't come through. I don't That's think you. All. I don't think you opened your mic. That, well, it's, that, and it's it's short. It was a short medium. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, that, that, I mean, I don't, I don't think you opened your mic. Is I, what I'm trying yeah, to say. One hundred percent. No, I don't. I don't have to open my mic when you guys are on location. I just put it in talk back. And <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll let I don't know. think you did that. I one hundred percent did. All, all I know is there's three of us here. Yeah, and none of us heard it. None of us heard it. That's if it was just me. You've got a case. Yeah. Well, we if it was just listen. Ryan, I'm sure you were right. I, <laughs> but but if, if it's none of the three of us, then, 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 we're, then we're all good. That's okay. A, a little bit of a pause is fine. It just absorbs what Bruce Cassidy was, uh, was talking about. Uh, uh, Chris Kreider is not the Rangers' all-time power play goal scorer hmm. leading. Uh, he does have 101. He just passed Adam Graves uh, for fourth all-time. But he trails Brian Leach by five, and he's seven back of Rod Gilbert, and he's 15 back of the leader. Any guesses for most power play goals in Ranger history? Ooh, um, I'm just going to say Mark Messier. Mark Messier. Chapman, you're a New York, New Jersey guy. Yeah, 
I I was gonna guess Brian Leach, but uh, it's obviously not him. Uh, I I don't know. It's is it? Uh, I'm trying to think. Rangers power play. Oh, is it Mike? Yarmir Yager. No, no. It's and Mike Gartner didn't play enough for the Rangers for it to be him. No. So I can tell you that Mike Gardner is 12th at 66th. Uh, it was 66 power play goals. Uh, Mark Massier is 10th Dang with 72 it. power play goals. Hmm. Uh, the leader, Camille Henry, who, who I was expecting to have played in the 30s and 40s. Okay. But, but he, Camille Henry actually played 50s, 60s, and has... I don't know Camille Henry. Mm-hmm. I, this is a complete surprise that uh, that he's the leader. But he was he was a centerman, uh, played almost 800 games in the National Hockey League, uh, like 11 or 12 seasons with with the Rangers. But has one of the so to lead the New York Rangers, an original six team, in all time power play goals. Yeah, you would think that this player would have had historic goal scoring numbers. Right, and they aren't. But he did score uh, power, 20 power play goals out of 24 in his first year. So the, <laughs> the ratio is amazing. How many total uh, power play goals? For uh, 116 with okay. the New York Rangers. Okay. But he scored 20 power play goals one year, 19 in another. out of So that was a season that 19 of his 32 goals were on the power play. Like, this, this reeks of, like, Pure specialist, right? In 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 that era, um, power play goals. He had ten out of twenty three one year, mm-hmm. so uh, thirteen out of thirty seven, thirteen out of thirty one. So several years, half of his goals were scored on the power play. <laughs> and in in looking that up, because I was curious to see how close Chris Kreider was, uh, because I, I knew I was aware that he just passed Adam Graves recently. But Rod Gilbert, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, at, at 108. Or Brian Leach uh, hammering the puck uh, and skating with that puck up the ice in, in the uh, 80s and the 90s. That makes sense. Camille Henry, uh, I, I apologize, uh, Camille, uh, for, for not being aware of your uh, exceptional production with the New York Rangers out of Quebec City. Yeah. Left-hander shooting centerman. But, but had a long career. And... I I'd never heard of Camille Henry. That that's on me. That's totally uh, on me. Uh, only played 637 games with the Rangers. Like Gilbert was over a thousand. Leach was over a thousand. So okay. th- those those guys were over a thousand games each. They didn't eclipse what Camille Henry did. Yeah. And again, he had uh, power 116 power play goals out of 256 mm-hmm. as a Ranger. That, yeah. that that's well. that ratio is. I have trouble believing that. Well, yeah, he he was for his career, right? So he had 279 goals. 127 of them were on the power play. Yeah. So he only played parts of like a little bit in Chicago. A little sure, bit in sure, sure. But the fact of the matter is, like, he's been essentially he's a, his his entire career. He was like 50 percent of his goals yeah. were on the power play. It's it's wild, staggering. And, uh, I gotta uh, update myself on uh, somebody like Camille Henry. That is uh, that is a fun little rabbit hole that we just went yeah. down. Uh, the 
Rangers power play has been really good this year, uh, but it's fallen off lately. You know an area that Vegas has, has tightened up is on their penalty kill. Yep. Been, uh, they, they had an awesome game against Nashville, and I, I think that there's some confidence coming back into this group. Yeah, I mean, there should be, right? Like, obviously, they had a strong uh, outing when it came to the penalty kill against the the Boston Bruins, and then they, they kind of followed that up with the Nashville Predators, and I think that it kind of, you know, again, kind of speaks to what we've been talking about in terms of getting their defensive zone in order, their, their special teams. Do you want power play goals? Absolutely. But really what you need to focus on, what you need to make sure you do, is to not put yourself behind to chase games because of your penalty kill. And I think that that's been an area of emphasis. Uh, Sheldon Rempel was recalled uh, late this afternoon from mm-hmm. the Henderson Silver Knights. I, I don't know whether he's going to play today. Uh, or not, uh, or whether he's the the extra guy, but it'd be pretty cool if if he could go in after scoring four goals for the Silver Knights in a six four victory over Coachella Valley last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you look at the Golden Knights, and I could be wrong here, but I feel like with Rempel that makes twelve healthy um, forwards with with Byron Fraze and Sheldon Rempel. So. Um, I, I would assume that he goes, but yeah, it, it would be, I mean, timing is everything, right? And, and you score four goals uh, in a game last night. If you're able to kind of bring that confidence uh, into this game and help the Golden Knights that way, that'd be awesome. He's having a great year. He's got 18 goals uh, with Ryan Craig's company yeah. uh, as they rebound. Uh, they've been having some uh, challenging uh, time scoring because when everybody comes up, it depletes their lineup sure. so they yeah. have to lean on savannah mm-hmm. a little bit more so uh things have been uh tough to come by over in the goal scoring department so to score six last night for the uh, henderson silver knights is great and to see sheldon rempel uh half a goal a game right now on on his pace uh, and he was uh, right around there uh, a year ago turning into we saw it a little bit in in training camp where he he's a guy that uh, that they worked into the the preseason roster uh, for a few games yeah for sure and you know I, I think that there's um there's an element of his game that is kind of suiting what the golden knights are going to need to do right he can go to the front of the net he's got a good shot as long as you're getting second and third opportunities that's really uh the the name of the game right now for the golden knights so if he's able to go again building on the confidence of last night hopefully that's something that provides a bit of a spark for the golden knights in the bottom six if he does go it would be his second career game uh for the vegas golden knights Mm -hmm. where's number 56 yes uh, i believe uh in uh in looking back at uh sheldon rempel so keep an eye on warm-up to see exactly who's going brisson uh looks like he's gonna go uh again so that's positive uh gregory denisenko and brisson have played a lot uh in henderson this year i wonder whether or not he was on the radar for a recall but uh, we'll keep an eye on warm-up and see exactly what happens at the golden knights get set to take on the uh, New York Rangers. Let's give away the second pair of tickets to see the Golden Knights against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday here at the Fortress, 702-876-1340. Chapman, jump back in here because I, f- I feel like you, you took it on the chin there, and I want to get it back into a good spot. So why don't you pick exactly which caller you want to take because you're the one answering the phones back there. Well, Ryan threw out the 8 in Sidney Crosby, so I'll throw out the 7 in Sidney Crosby, and we'll just make it a Sidney Crosby uh, double. There we go. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Sid the Kid uh, here, uh, hasn't played every game that the Pittsburgh Penguins have uh, suited up for uh, here in Vegas over the years, but we are expecting him to be in the lineup on Saturday and having a remarkable year, and uh, you have a chance to see him. 702-876-1340. Be caller number seven, one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League coming up. 
Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. NHL.com did a little mid-season uh, Vesna tracker <laughs> poll. Mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck uh, leads right now. He had uh, 11 first-place votes. Uh, Thatcher Demko just behind him. And then in third place is Cam Talbot. Do you agree with those top three, or would you put Sergei Bobrovsky, who's fourth, Jeremy Swayman fifth, or Connor Ingram, Ooh. who is sixth? into the mix. Ooh, uh, I mean, I don't have an issue with the top two. Um, I mean, Cam Talbot's had a great start to the year, but uh, it's leveled off a bit uh, of late. Probably, like, if I had to throw one into the mix over Cam Talbot, I- I'd probably go with, with either Bobrovsky or Swayman. Okay, here's the t- situation with Talbot. Goalie-friendly environment. Mm-hmm. So he's going to lose just the analytics. If you do some work on the analytics... We just look at wins and stuff. Uh, sure, and yeah. then the recent uh, fall-off uh, hurts some Timing, recency bias, uh, he's going to take a hit. But it's more the analytics that uh, that will cost him, I think, a finalist position at the end of the year. Swayman will lose consideration because of the Split. tandem, tandem. Yep. Uh, with, with Linus Allmark. But Brovsky's been really good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's recency bias from what he did in the Stanley Cup playoffs last year that should get him in. The dark horses are Connor Ingram mm-hmm. in Arizona, and, and he's putting up great shutout numbers uh, as well. And then you have, if Aiden Hill can come back and get on a roll uh, and play a strong and healthy second half, uh, he did get some votes in this as well. I think he was seventh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think I think your top five are pretty much set. It's funny. Swayman is fifth. And Linus Allmark was way down the list. <laughs> and Allmark is the Vesna Trophy reigning champion. Sure. It's kind of strange. Yeah, that is weird. Um, how much would Aiden have to play down the stretch to kind of break into that spot? Like, assuming that he's... Two out of three. Two out of three? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's right there for him if but, he's able to get back. Like, it's you're approaching your, where you almost missed too much time. Yeah. To, it feels to, like to, that to, anyway. to bump... Uh, and Hellebuck's, like, he's not cooling off as far well, as games played play well it's, uh, go so. it, it, it feels like a who wants to who wants to be a finalist right because it's it, it to me it's it's a two-horse race between hellebuck and, and demko yeah yeah but Brovsky, i think can get in there yeah I, I really do and there's a guy he's already won it twice <laughs> well he either he either like has you know sub 900 years or he's got uh vesna years like yeah. that's essentially sergey Bobrovsky. jared spurgeon out for the rest of the season, Minnesota Wild captain is done because of a left left hip injury and a back injury. He's scheduled to have hip surgery in early February and the back surgery about four weeks after that. I don't know exactly what the hip surgery is, whether it's uh, labrum or something along that line, but uh, he's going to have two procedures done inside of a month, which explains why he's missed a bunch of games this year. I think he's missed almost 30 games uh, for uh, the Minnesota Wild, which has had a major impact uh, in not having these uh, mobile defensemen back there. Yeah, it's a it's a blow, obviously, not having him in the lineup, and it's going to be a blow not having him the rest of the year. But, you know, I think it kind of crystallizes 
maybe to a degree where the Minnesota Wild are going to be mm, over the next. Or does it? Uh, well, maybe adding not. like seven million dollars of cap space. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Minnesota's Billy Garen is not back. shy. They're yeah, but they're not uh, they're they're not good enough. I think I think Billy Garen has all the green lights down the strip in a row. He's timing it perfectly to go out and make an acquisition and be aggressive on this. What's the acquisition that's going to make them a playoff team with hopes of doing something? Well, do you do you lean on is is uh, a team like Ottawa ready to sell? Okay. Can can you pull something out of that? Uh, a, a team like uh, Montreal. I, Sean Monahan uh, doesn't make seven million, but Sean Monahan can come in and do a pretty good job for you he, uh, in in a, in a, a production role. He, the well, way that the way that he's healthy and, and he's got an expiring contract. There's there's players uh, available that the Minnesota Wild can take a swing on, and I think with this news now, mm-hmm. you might see Billy Guerin be more aggressive. And if it doesn't, here's the thing: if he makes the deal now, mm-hmm. which I anticipate that he'll be very aggressive. Sure. And it doesn't translate. Yep. Then what's to stop him from flipping that player at the trade deadline and recouping your cost or doing something better if the if the if the package uh, price goes up? If that's the plan, I can understand it. However, you could shoot yourself in the foot in that situation if you bring in an asset that either underperforms or you don't get uh, what you're looking for out of them, and then when you try to flip them, you flip them for less than what you acquired them for. Yeah, I, you know what? I think it's how much less would it be? I mean, you know, I like, know. like, and I know it's you're just throwing uh, both of us are throwing numbers out or or possibilities out, but if the risk is worth what might be just a tiny fall off, unless the player got, got hurt, which you, you can't control over. Sure. Uh, I, I think uh, I think you you might be that right. Like Tarasenko. Tarasenko and Kaprizov? I mean, maybe. Yeah. I Like, listen, Tarasenko probably is the, the name that would get me the most excited. I just don't think it's going to be enough to, to make Minnesota a playoff team. Really? Yeah, really. Like, look at you got Nashville, Calgary, Seattle, yeah. Edmonton. Like, it's crowded there. I, you go on a run. Look at what Edmonton's done. Yeah, the Minnesota Wild are not the Edmonton Oilers. Well, no, but do you need to win six in a row, seven in a row, eight in a row? That that jumps a lot of teams, Ryan. It, I mean, it does, but they they haven't shown an ability to be able to do that all season long. Except for when they made the coaching change and they got on a run. Now they've yeah. given some of that back, but uh, I just. Knowing Billy, yeah, he's not sitting back going. Okay, well, let's uh, let's wash our hands and no, we'll come I, back and I we'll go next year. I don't expect him to throw in the towel, but I, I also think you should realistically look at where your team is at and see if there's any players that you can bring assets in. For. So what would you what would you do then if I, you're not saying throw in the towel? What would I, you do if, if I, you're Billy? I would look to improve going forward. I would look to to see if there's a market out there for Mark Andre Fleury. Well, that may happen anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I, I think that you use this as an opportunity to. I'm not sure that they're totally comfortable with see with either guy. Uh, like they they've done enough hammer and egg and, uh, with that group. Yeah. So I I don't know that they're fully confident. Uh, it's, it's not like things went swimmingly last week <laughs> when uh, they gave uh, what's the name of his first NHL start. Yeah, I I just I look at it and to me. 
I don't I don't see the the Minnesota Wild going on a run. I don't see them pushing aside any number of Edmonton, Nashville, Calgary, Seattle, even Arizona. Like I'll throw them into the mix too. So um, I think it's time to look at can, can, are there assets we can sell to be better next year. Did you watch the TNT broadcast last night? Parts of it is exactly what I, I kind of thought would happen. <laughs> yeah. Where it just ends up being people watching the game and yes. there's not a lot of dialogue sure. during it. Which, which is, is is not bad. No. I, my, my wife said, uh, I got home, she's like, something's going on. I don't know what's going <laughs> with with this. Because she, she watches as many games as I do. Yeah. And uh, she didn't realize they'd uh, switch broadcasts. But uh, it, it did turn out, I, I've spent enough time with John Shannon or Nick Caprios in the, in the viewing room uh, watching games. And first of all, you end up talking about something totally else other than the game. And or... Uh, it's just quiet, and then you chime in, and Nick goes, clip it, and yep. John says, what? And <laughs> okay. uh, then we go down that rabbit hole. But it was it was kind of cool. Uh, maybe it opens up for other opportunities in, in the broadcast world. Yeah, I mean, if, and if nothing else, we got to see Biz eat a steak on national television. Yeah, uh, very interesting. Yep. Those are your one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League. Catching up with Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Hello to John Shannon, who's listening to us in Toronto on the radio. Not just joining us as a guest, but also tuning in, uh, Chapman. So be careful, because he will critique you. Yes, well, uh, that's why I decided. I didn't know he was listening, but today's Catching Up with Chapman. New York Rangers in town, and maybe you're sitting home, listening, driving into the game. Wondering how a team in New York City became to be known as the New York Rangers. Well, their original owner was a fella named George Tex Richard. And when he was awarded the club in 1926, he was originally going to call the team the New York Giants. I know, very, very original. Um, a nod to the skyscrapers that were all over the island of Manhattan. However, the press in New York started calling the team Texas Rangers which of course is a nod to the famous police force in the state of Texas. So it stuck and the team became the New York Rangers. Yeah, course, so just and, uh, naturally organic. Yeah, and, and George Tex uh, Richard, he was a boxing promoter known for promoting Jack Johnson and Jack Dempsey. Banana pancakes. Not that Jack Johnson. Ah, oh, bummer. Is that guy still in the league, by the way? That Jack, the other Jack Johnson? Yeah, he's with Colorado. Is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you um, did you look this up today, or did you already know all this? No, I I, I looked it up. I I did not know how they what, became. What's your source? Uh, TeamNameOrigin.com. Ah. NHL slash nicknames. They have nice. the the origins for all the teams. Apparently, and maybe Darren could fill us in. But the Toronto Blue Jays. Original owner was Labatt Blue, the beer company. Labatt Brewery. Yeah, in, in Toronto. And uh, they wanted blue in the name of the team, and they held a name the team contest, and Blue Jays won that contest. Very Canadian. Yes. Named after a beer. <laughs> it's perfect. Hey, they've, won, they've won more World Series in my lifetime than the Mets have, so they're doing something right. Uh, are we all good, even though you didn't tell us that the Yeah, we're good, and we got five seconds, guys. You sure we're good? I'm worried about us. 